welcome to the Enrollment Insights Podcast. I'm Will Patch, Enrollment Marketing Leader at Niche. In this podcast, my goal is to focus less on the promising practices, instead look for the processes and questions that will lead to novel solutions tailored to your institution. Today, I'm joined by Chris Butcher. Chris is the coordinator of campus visit programs at Eastern Kentucky University. We're going to talk more about serving first-generation students and how to help them thrive in college. Welcome, Chris. Yeah, glad to be here. I always like to start out with two questions here. Uh, The first is, what's something you tried that didn't work, and what did you learn? So I'll start off by saying uh, one thing that I've tried that, and I'll say that didn't completely work because some things did work, some things didn't work. Uh, But one thing that I have tried uh, in terms of serving the population that we'll be talking about is sort of uh, taking a step back from my role in terms of campus visits and sort of auditing processes that we currently do and could could improve on uh, in the future. And one thing uh, that I would like to preface is by saying that is something that uh, takes some time and, and is something that can't be rushed into. So for example, I wanted to take a step back and audit every single process that we do in terms of operations for campus visits. So uh, looking at the communication plans, looking at instructions, parking, customer service. So the reason I say it worked and sort of didn't work is one, I tried to sort of just jump into it and fix it uh, within a couple of weeks, and that just doesn't work. You have to uh, take your time, uh, meet with various individuals, uh, plan strategically, and so on and so forth. Pretty big goal to start out with. Yeah, sort of an ongoing goal. It's, it's good to think big, too. I mean, you need to have that sort of step back and reset sometimes, too. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Did you find anything when you did that that really surprised you? Nothing that really surprised me. Uh, there were a few things that sort of were in the mix for a long time. So I, I wouldn't say that was too surprising, but I think it's easy for uh, any institution or any individual to get used to something and just continue doing it. Uh, I'm not saying that's good or bad, but there's always room for innovation and improvement, especially working with the student population that changes over time. So that sort of was a little bit of a surprise, but, but not too much. Just uh, being able to look at the operations and see how that can be improved on and not just keep doing the same thing over and over. Uh, When you're thinking about improving these processes, what practices do you use to brainstorm and bring new ideas into that work? So in terms of brainstorming, I try to take a look at whatever I'm trying to do holistically uh, and not just by myself either. So I like to include several different people. Uh, My leadership style is sort of created in a way that I uh, receive and give feedback with others. So in terms of brainstorming, I like to meet with my supervisor. I'd like to meet with student workers who may be uh, doing some of the responsibilities and operations that we're changing. And I like to bounce ideas off of each other uh, and see what works and see what doesn't work. Because uh, a lot of the ideas, or I'll say some of the ideas that I may come up with that doesn't necessarily work could be used later on and now is not the right time to implement those. So that's sort of uh, a general process of how I brainstorm things. Do you keep a log of the things that you want to try in the future? Maybe a a shared document with other staff? (laughs) Oh, yes. Google Documents is the the number one platform that I use in terms of collaboration and especially working remotely right now. It's a lifesaver. Yeah, it definitely has been. Not everyone has the same challenges of a a first-generation student. So if someone wasn't a first-gen student, what questions can they use to put themselves in the mindset of someone who's maybe completely unaware of the process, the terminology. There's a lot of lingo that's hard to understand uh, and really step back and audit their processes for ease of understanding. 
So there are a few questions that actually come to mind uh, in terms of uh, the ease of understanding. One is uh, putting yourself at the very beginning. So where do I begin? Uh, because a lot of the first generation college students don't even know where to start. Uh, the college process can be difficult for regular traditional students. So that's especially important to keep in mind for first generation college students. Uh, and then uh, breaking down the knowledge that we already have uh, into knowledge that they can understand. And I'll talk about this here in just a second, but sort of breaking barriers like acronyms, explaining the processes that staff members would completely understand that first generation students wouldn't. Uh, that would be the first question. I think the second question would be, what are my options? So I'm a first generation college student myself, and I think back to whenever I was in high school, I really didn't know all of the options that I had in front of me. Uh, and some may not know uh, specific pathways, for example, uh, going to a four-year institution versus a community college, going straight into the workforce, uh, doing dual credit while in high school. Uh, if it wasn't for someone explaining that to me, I wouldn't even know what that was. Uh, so asking what are my options and then having an appropriate time to explain them and let them explore them themselves. And then lastly, uh, I think how can I get help and support is another great question. First-generation college students can feel isolated in the process. I know I certainly did at times. So being able to understand that they need help and support throughout the way. Uh, and then I mentioned earlier breaking barriers. So not only, you know, the information aspect, but application fees or fees in general that could uh, dissuade first-generation college students from uh, seeking to go to college. Uh, traveling away from home, food insecurity, uh, lack of the college knowledge that I mentioned earlier, all of those things uh, can be barriers for first-generation college students, and then knowing how to help and support them uh, just goes a long way. Can you think of any specific things that have come up often as being the real challenges in terms of understanding and terminology? There was a, a student several years ago that I spoke to, and I was probably four or five years into enrollment, and this family came up to me, and very timidly we were talking, and they asked, there's one thing we don't understand, what does bachelor's degree mean? I realized I've been doing this for years, and I'd, I'd never thought to step back and make sure everyone in the room understood that. I felt horrible. So what, what are some of those things you found that we need to just do a better job at telling people what they mean? Yeah, that is a very common one uh, that uh, I get uh, when working with these first-generation college students. Bachelor's degree, what does that mean? Uh, what is a bachelor's of arts degree versus a bachelor's of science degree? What is a master's degree? Uh, because Oftentimes in higher education, we use these phrases so much that uh, it's just common knowledge to us and second nature. Another, uh, I won't say specific phrase, but piece that uh, I get often in terms of questions is the financial aid aspect. So uh, what's a FAFSA? Mm -hmm. If you send students information talking about a FAFSA, a lot of these students don't even know what that is, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. That's what I meant earlier by breaking down those acronyms, but uh, I see a lot more so than other things, the financial aid aspect. So once we actually are doing a better job of communicating and we get first-gen families on campus, what are some ways that we can better serve them while they're on campus for visits? Uh, so this takes me back to sort of what idea worked and didn't work. One thing would be, again, auditing all of your processes and operations. So for me, you know, looking at communication plans, I actually can refer to a specific example. During my uh, transition into this role, I, I kept seeing over and over uh, guests not quite understanding the parking situation. And you may think that is a pretty simple process at first, but 
looking at the instructions, uh, I could definitely see how these individuals wouldn't know how to register for the parking pass for the visitor, where to park, and so on and so forth. So just looking at each of those processes. Uh, also, I think storytelling, uh, and this goes for just general college students too, not just first-gen students, but storytelling can be such a powerful way for students to understand the college process and feel more understood in general. For example, I'm a first-generation college student, so I share my success story. Here's what I did, and you can too, sort of thing. And then lastly, uh, just doing what you should do anyway and talking about resources on campus. So LLCs, living learning communities, uh, these types of programs that are implemented for first-generation college students. I don't know uh, what each higher education institution has implemented, uh, but for example, at the institution I work at, we have something called the NOVA program. So they serve that specific population. Uh, We have a a scholarship for first-generation college students. So not only uh, seeing what you're doing, but also opening up the conversation for leadership on campus or other individuals to sort of help bridge the gap in general. Have you found that, you know, when you talk about your own story, uh, that help warms families up and, and get them talking more? I don't know if you also then look for student ambassadors, whatever your terminology is, who are first generation and try and intentionally have those relationships. I try to share my story every single visit when I can. That way individuals can sort of somewhat relate, uh, especially if they're first-generation college students. But uh, several, several times I've had families and guests come up to me either after the visit or during a question time. And, you know, just their perspective was changed because they didn't even realize someone else had went through the same uh, challenges that they had. Or they didn't realize that the uh, college process was just as difficult for someone. Uh, I also have student ambassadors that are first-generation. And then we also have student ambassadors that we sort of try to pair up uh, with uh, related populations. So if we have students coming in that are a certain major, uh, we'll try to have that student ambassador, if it's their major also, meet with them. That's smart. I like that. Yeah. When you're looking at all the financial aid processes and the enrollment processes, how does someone step back, especially if they weren't first generation themselves, How do they step back and view all that with the lens of a first-generation family to make sure that we're removing barriers rather than trying to put up doors? So just one, being patient. Uh, If you're working with with guests or prospective students or families that don't know a lot about college or first-generation, just being patient with them, being comfortable with asking a lot of questions. I know a lot of times it's easy for myself or other higher education professionals to just spout off information. Going back to uh, being comfortable with asking a lot of questions, because a lot of times these guests, these students aren't necessarily comfortable. uh, So you sort of have to help bridge the gap in that you're sort of trying to gauge what they know, what they don't know, what they understand, what they're sort of not understanding and uh, and provide the information as needed. Was there anything that you've done or you've you've seen done that really worked to help remove that barrier and remove some anxiety from families? Yeah, so uh, a lot of times families will come in with uh, specific questions in mind already, or they'll think of questions while they're here on on the visit. Uh, I sort of try to help in the sense that, again, I sort of try to pair them up with student ambassadors, because a lot of times I feel like they feel more comfortable talking with students than they do a staff member. Uh, I also try to follow up as often as I can uh, and as personal as I can 
So if, if I see that someone has questions about a certain office, or if I see someone has questions about housing or financial aid, I'll offer to walk them over to their office or uh, connect them with another staff member instead of just saying, well, here's the information, uh, feel free to reach out to them. So I think making those personal touches uh, as often as you can uh, without getting too far in the weeds uh, would be sort of one way that I help mitigate that. When you're communicating the financial aid and the enrollment process, do you have any separate pieces in your comm flows, whether automated or sort of the personal touches that are more geared towards parents? Um, and that's one thing, too, that I, I think is important is engaging these parents just as much as you're trying to engage the student. Because a lot of times the parents, uh, they don't know the same information that the student doesn't know. I know for me, again, going back to my story, my parents didn't understand college at all. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because I just graduated my master's degree and I'm going into a doctoral program and my parents still don't understand that. So I'm having to explain that to them now. Hmm. So uh, again, a lot of times the parents don't understand. So trying to reach out to these parents and breaking down that information in a way that's understandable is extremely important and does nothing but serve the families. I think there's some misconceptions there too that, oh, first-generation parents aren't supportive. You know, I've heard that, but I, I've not believed it. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily that they're not supportive, but they, they just don't know how to support the student or their daughter or their son. Uh, I'm sure they would love to be supportive, but they just don't understand the college process, and that's okay. I really want to emphasize what Chris is saying here. Uh, I'm sure they would love to be supportive, but they just don't understand the college process, and that's okay. First-generation parents really want to be the cheerleader. They want to be supportive of their kids. We just need to help give them the toolkit to do so. So rather than making assumptions, step back, provide the resources, speak to them, and teach them so they can help their students along the way. So what are some questions, now that we're, we're leading right into this, what are some questions and assumptions that should be avoided when you're working with first-generation students and families? One assumption uh, that that I, I've seen before is thinking that first-generation college students aren't as smart as others uh, or they're, uh, you know, not as academically prepared as others. There's a lot of first-generation college students that are extremely bright. And even though graduation rates may be a little bit lower for first-gen students at some institutions, I don't think it's necessarily because of their intelligence. Again, uh, I was a high-achieving student in middle school and high school and I was a first-gen student, it's not because of their intelligence per se. It, it could be because of social factors or economic factors or family obligations, as I mentioned earlier, that contribute to that assumption rather than just their intelligence. One assumption, too, I think is important to think about at least is that sometimes they're not going to ask for help. A lot of times in my experience, the first-generation college students especially are sort of afraid to ask questions, uh, not really comfortable asking questions, and it may be because uh, they're just not comfortable, or it may be because they just don't know what to ask. So assuming that they're going to come to you to ask questions uh, is maybe something to think about. And like I mentioned earlier, sort of priming them, you know, asking them questions, seeing what level they're at and meeting them on that level. Another assumption that, that maybe you've seen before, people sort of lumping together first generation and low income. While there's overlap, they're not the same people. No, they're not. Uh, oftentimes, first-generation college students are low-income. Uh, there are several different factors that go along with first-generation college students, for sure. So what are some processes that office could use to evaluate those biases? Say, okay, here's, here's who our first-gen students actually are. Here's what we need to stop assuming. So looking at each of those factors, like income, being able to just have a conversation with 
all of the staff members in the office and just say, hey, you know, these first generation college students that we're serving, although they may be low income, uh, a lot of them may, be, may not be low income. So I think being able to accurately explain what they are and what they're not. Well, Chris, thanks for taking the time here today. I really appreciate you. You've been a, a great resource and I'm, I'm looking forward to campuses using this information to help improve what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Where can people follow up if they have any questions or want to connect with you? I know you have a, a good blog if you want to plug that in there too. Yeah. So uh, one way to connect with me is on Twitter at uh, Chris R. Butcher. Uh, and then I do have a blog also, higheredthoughts.com. Great. Well, thank you very much. I hope you hope you stay safe. I hope by the time this comes out that uh, coronavirus uh, quarantines are a thing of the past, but we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.